0: You're listening to EVH and Gear TV, brought to you by Design39 Media. Visit design39media.com for all your website, photography, and video production
1: needs. Microphones for EVH and Gear TV are provided by Rode Microphones. An official Van Halen merchandise is provided by vanhalenstore.com. And now,
0: here's your host from Ontario, Canada, EVH artist Eric Broadbent. Hey everyone, welcome to Rocking Dead, the premiere of our fourth show here on YouTube. Yes, I've said four and no more after that, but uh, everyone knows me as a big Walking Dead fan here. And I thought, you know what? let's do this and maybe throughout the evening we'll kind of tell you the funny story of how this uh, whole concept originated or something I I thought I was going to take credit for and say I had a great idea for another talk show and then it's the wife who actually says remember when I told you to do that so Lou you probably agree with me here Uh, my first of all before I I just ask Lou a question I'll introduce my very good friend Lou Temple who many of you know as Axel in season three of The Walking Dead Lou how are you my
1: friend I'm fantastic, and I uh, appreciate you having me on the inaugural run of the Rocking Dead, Rocking Dead television show. And I would say you're uh, ambitious. You, you're uh, nothing if not ambitious by building your fourth show. So here we are. Thanks for allowing me to be part of it. It's exciting. I'm uh, I'm out here in sunny Southern California. We had a 90 degree day. Uh, summer never ends. In fact, it feels like it's getting hotter earth is burning up on the west coast but um but we're thankful and we're grateful but uh, all good it's it's rocktober October 1st beautiful means, uh, we're we're coming near ever near to the uh season premiere of, of walking dead
0: i know it's six days away
1: Crazy, right?
0: It it is, and and we're going to talk deeply about that tonight too. And this is one of the cool things, folks. Um, you know, the 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 cool thing about many of the actors, I want to say probably every actor and cast member, every crew, everything on that show, not only are they invested in their jobs and their roles. They're just as big of fans, if not more, than than we are. And Lou, I know you you had an early exit on the show, but I know you're one of the biggest super fans out there. And I know you try to take that in as often as you can, wherever you can. And I think that's probably kind of consistent with many of the cast, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, no question. Everybody um, is uh, devoutly committed and interested in in the show's progress. Uh, you never meet anybody who who was on the show and is no longer on the show that doesn't continue to follow the show. Uh, it becomes it becomes enmeshed in your your kind of your your interest or your being. Look, it's a family, and it's the family that you're always a member of, no matter what. So you're always going to be in, in interest. I find it. Entirely interesting now to meet new cast members, uh, and not. I try not to get any inside information because, as you said, I'm an audience member now, and I like to experience it the same way as everyone else. But I, I also like to get insight on how the evolution of the show's production has occurred. In other words. Here's how we used to do it. Do you still do that? Yeah, as a matter of fact, we do. Oh, good. Then, then we, we got that right. Oh, no, we figured out a new way to do this and, and, it, and it's so much more efficient. Oh, wow. How come we couldn't figure that out? Well, because you were season three and you were just dealing with uh, with walkers back then and not uh, different sex of people. So, yeah, I'm entirely interested in, in The Walking Dead, not just as a show, but as a production as the story yes but also the mechanics of, of how it continues to operate and succeed man
0: doing well they're going to the season 9 which is fantastic and like you say too there's some things the old things were don't break or don't things was not broke so it was maybe something right. they would do with production that works they've learned some new techniques just like with me here on the show being with my fourth show there's I've learned so much from the first three That i put everything plus the kitchen sink into this one and and as i was telling you like because i'm such a a passionate fan of walking dead um it was very and plus it was you coming on the show i mean i i know you very very well and first of all you know there's no thanks necessary to have you on the show because i mean you you and i go back a few years and uh, and and I'm I really respect you. I admire you. Like you want to talk about work ethic. I mean, people. There's a link down in the link uh, down below in the description to Lou's IMDb profile, plus his Facebook and and uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram as well too. But have a look at the roles Lou has done. And there's many roles you probably didn't even know that he did. You know, some uh, animations and and voiceovers and things like that. Phenomenal. But you know what? I couldn't have thought of a better guest. Like I mean, even Andrew Lincoln. Uh, to have you, oh, as...
1: oh, that's let's not dive on that grenade. You get Andrew Lincoln, you better just ask <laughs> me, put me on hold, okay, and, uh, and set your show up uh, with Andy Lincoln. But, no, yeah, but,
0: no, but seriously, where I'm going with that is a fa- where I'm going with that is the fact that you you kind of spearheaded a lot of these things back in the day. You know, back with James and Eric with the Walker Stalkers when they're we'll talk about right. them tonight as well too. So it's an absolute honor. And hey, we're the Mustache Brothers from the Mustache Broadstache Club as well too. So.
1: I'm thinking yours is much more resplendent than mine these days. I've had to, I've had to kind of adjust mine for several rolls. Yep. Uh, you can shave it off. When's last you shaved your mustache, Eric?
0: Funny thing is, funny that you asked me that because I, about a month back, I went through one of these phases where you know, like it was just starting to look kind of awkward. I'm sure you've had some awkward mustache days. I said, all right, so let's get rid of it and we start fresh again. And I had it back about five days later. And I, so it's been, it's pretty quick.
1: Oh. Yeah, mine doesn't. Mine doesn't um, grow like that by any stretch of the imagination. So good on your heritage and genes.
0: That's my dad. Uh,
1: but I find it. If we're going to just have a, a little a little mustache conversation, I find <laughs> that not wearing a mustache is actually rather awkward. In other words, I have the type of face, or I've, I've become the type of face to people's observation that is missing something if I don't have a mustache. Uh, my nose is too big, my face is too little, and so I need that mustache to kind of attach all of the points, and um, it, uh, it, it's it's odd when I don't have one, and yet I keep trying. Now, that being said, I noticed uh, like you, I'm getting some um, uh, experience that shows up in my mustache. That's in other great. words, some uh, some 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 salt and pepper. And occasionally, I've recognized I'm going to shave just to get rid of that. Um, but but you know that's quite in vogue. The the uh, the, the salt and pepper. Uh, in, and and uh, and you you're wearing it. You're wearing it well. Eve, so good Thank on you. you. Keep, keep keep driving it.
0: I have more salt and pepper. I'm trying to balance out that shaker, but it's just not happening.
1: It's going fine. It's
0: okay. Think, you know, I
1: if, it's unique.
0: if I had short hair and if I was to do a Halloween costume, I would dye my hair and the mustache red. I could probably pull off a pretty good Abraham Ford.
1: You could pull off a fantastic Abraham. Too. I, I
0: needed more muscle and muscle in the arms. But I mean, other than that, I could fake that with some padding or something.
1: You know, and you've got a little Tom Savini in you. Okay, you that's cool. Go, you could do a little Tom Savini, Dust Till Dawn. Uh, that's quite good. Any of the Highlander characters. Uh, we could drop you into Game of Thrones in a second.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> Rob Zombie would 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 appreciate you. He would, you know, he puts you in one of the mayhem scenes in Three from Hell. Uh, the Walking Dead would, uh, you know, you're kind of a savior right now. So, uh, um, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> where, maybe you could show up as a whisperer. Or, oh, I bet you'd be Ooh. a good whisperer.
0: That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that, that'd that be pretty cool. We're going to talk about those badasses a little bit later tonight, too. That's going to be something else. I think so, too. But we're going to say hi to some bunch of people over in the chat in a quick second. But before we do okay. that, um, it, you told me, um, you know, personally off the air, some things that you've been up to lately, and I'd like to just kind of catch up a little bit and you can share with our viewers. You were doing yet another pilot, which is insane, and then you were off over to, was it Scotland for a little bit? Can you share us a little bit about both of those things?
1: Yeah. Uh, I was in Birmingham, Alabama, for all you listeners in the South, uh, Sweet Home, Alabama, and uh, was doing a pilot called Eye for an Eye, which is a spec pilot that we're hoping Hulu does, in fact, have an interest in. It's a redemption piece. Uh, Think, if you will, John Walsh, who uh, built the um, uh, America's Most Wanted, if, if instead of just exposing the criminal, um, the government hired a uh, outside consulting firm to exterminate that criminal, said criminal, uh, similar to maybe uh, uh, Mr. Bush's uh, Blackwater Group. Okay. And um, and and in the stealth of the night, these uh, th- this special ops team comes in and takes care of business, but in a very public way, eye for an eye. Gotcha. Uh, now the lead of the show has had a family member, a son, that like Mr. Walsh is, um, has been abducted and, and killed, unfortunately. Uh, but the man comes home and he speaks to his son every night in his son's room and we come to find out, like I see dead people, the son isn't actually there. So the man's kind of going through some machinations of madness. So. Uh, it's rather cool. It's rather violent. We'll see how we'll see how it plays out. I play the leagues brother, and uh, and we 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 take care of. Um, I don't want to call it vigilante justice because we're, we're hired by the government, but um, we use uh, un you know unclear methods okay. to, to take care of that process. So that was that. Scotland, Scotland on the other hand, and I got myself a beautiful, I didn't actually, I got this from my father for his birthday. Uh, this is Talisker, this is rusty water or scotch for you that are, um, or Scottish butngren. Okay. This is this is uh, the west, uh, the Isle of Skye, it's, it's exceptionally lovely and I can't wait to present it to my father. hmm Scotland is great for any of those of you who have been or are planning to go do it. They're lovely, lovely people. I was there, um, doing a convention, uh, meeting the Scots, uh, in Glasgow. Nice. Glasgow. Oh, it was good fun. It was. Um, and it was there, um, signing autographs. And, uh, we had, uh, Ezekiel with us, uh, uh, we had Jerry with us. Nice. Uh, we had um, Gavin with us, and Jared, and Axel. So that group of uh, of mustachioed men. Yeah. Were there. Yeah, that's uh, a
0: lot of mustaches.
1: And so what was fun again was to be able to speak to those gentlemen who are still on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kari and and um, Cooper, and also speak to those who have just left the show in the form of uh, um, uh, Joshua and um, Jason, Jason Mm -hmm. Warner Smith. And so, just to kind of glean information about what's not spoilers, I have no idea Mm -hmm. what we're coming up to, just just my own ideas, I don't have any inside information, because I like keeping it that way. Mm -hmm. So... That was great. Um, There's an amazing movie, as since you asked, on Netflix. It's on Netflix now. It's called The Endless, and uh, it's built by two young boys named uh, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. It is a, um, a science fiction psychological cult movie about the Heaven's Gate. Uh, Group that are caught in a time loop. They never went away with the Haley Bob Comet and they come back every 10 years It's quite a mind uh, Meld and it will uh, it will it will change your night So I ask you to rent that okay. Uh, I've got another great movie out on blu-ray through IFC with uh, Scout Taylor Compton and Olivia Lucaderi called feral It's a a bit of a cabin in the woods creature feature, uh, except rather smart because the young uh, people infected are physicians and they recognize what's best, uh, what is their civic duty to uh, not bring the virus back into civilization. Um, So I'm excited about that. And then um, a movie that, um, two movies that are in festivals this currently, one being The Iron Orchard, which is an old movie, Rags to riches story in in excavation of oil. The old oil man, roughnecking, uh, similar to Giant, similar to There Will Be Blood. Tech, true Texas oilman story. Right. Old Dixon from 1940 to 1960. It's it's very cool. And then another um, dark dark comedy called Texas Cotton, which is a a, um, a mystery, a suspense mystery. Those are both playing at the Austin Film Festival uh, in October. And then a movie called Come, Set the Night, which I'm really excited about and well behind. Um, that is similar to Captain Fantastic, like Beagle Mortensen's dad raising children in the woods. And I'm raising these children under the premise of uh, Greek mythology, to believe in these Greek gods and to understand um why things happen because of zeus and and aphrodite and and, uh quite interesting it's about coming of age and sexual repression those two things don't mix yeah
0: yeah yeah. you you you're busy like i mean that's that's a good thing i'm sure you'd rather be uh you know instead of sitting around twiddling the thumbs you'd rather be working and you tend to like i look at the imdb all the time and it's like pre-production post-production you know filming it's like crazy so uh, hats off to you man and uh, I either you got the one of the greatest agents or you're just diligent or whatever it is but you're, and actually you're a chameleon too that's one of the things I love about you you get into any role and you assume it and it's like you were you studied that role for your life
1: I feel like I have had a very um, very beneficial opportunity in in that people like to give me the chance to see what i might do with something Mm -hmm. and so and i recognize that and i try never to approach any one thing the same like i don't look at it and go oh i know what this is and you know i'll pull out this bag of tricks to do that and so i think that's what thrills me about this um in telling stories and so uh, as a musician, you're always telling a story through whatever chords you put together, uh, whatever harmonies, the melodic melody, the time—all the—all of these things are tone or the way you're telling this story through your music. The way I'm telling this story through my character. And I'm trying to show up as a sideman, typically. We talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I serve this story? How does my character serve the story? How do I best serve the story? That's how I approach things. And then I do a lot of research, Eric. And then during that research, what turns me on is what I call discovery. So between pages one and 96... I, I, I kind of know, you know, I know what's going to happen. It's the things that I don't. So if, you know, you, you're you playing, you know, a C major chord, you totally know what that is. But the modulation of, you know, an E minor somewhere in between kind of that's the tickle. That's the O. And I'm always looking for those ahas. Mm-hmm. And that's what turns me on about what I do is the discovery. And I think that. Is the gift that I get? So many people say, "Oh, your your job allows you to." And my job allows me to be human. The human essence, I think, is to discover. I mean, it's called it's called fishing, right? It's Mm -hmm. not called catching. Yeah. Uh, It's hide and go seek, not hide and go find. Yeah. We we love. Not knowing and looking, and so uh, go west, young man. You know these things. I understand now to be our our essence, and I, I that I get to do that quite often. So yes, I have a cool job because I get to play hide and seek with myself. Almost daily.
0: Yeah, on a treadmill again and again and again. And I like how yeah. you mentioned the, the bag of tricks. You know, it almost seems like some days you leave your bag of tricks on the kitchen table as yeah. you go out the door to, uh, to a shoot. And you know if you have to run back and get them, you got them. But you're going to get to that new uh, shoot. And, okay, it's a new trick that's going to be brought home with you to stick in that bag.
1: And it's, it's delightful because oftentimes, so for instance, I had an acting instructor that used to say, pack your own shoot. You okay. have to pack your own chute, which, of course, means that if you're going to jump out of the plane, you want to know when you pull that ripcord that a bunch of pots and pans aren't going to come out. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a parachute in there, right? Mm-hmm. So pack your own chute. I do love that. That is the bag of tricks. But I also, more than that, I love the idea that I'm going to show up on Rob Zombie set, and he's going to change the gig. He's going to flip the script and challenge me in a way where I haven't been challenged, so I can't bring in that Adam Banjo bag of tricks, because he's going to spin it on me and say, nope, Danny Trejo's doing the sweetheart and the fun colloquial guy. You're going to be the miserable uh, git, and so that is really fun for me, and that's what I really appreciate. And and, and I, I look for that. And I look for that it, for any of you that are listening that are writers out there. I look for that in your text. And I, I recognize when you write, um, writing should have its own voice. And not just yours, but all of those people's voices in there. Mm-hmm. And they should all be different. As you say out differently than I say out, you know, Boot and Oot. out things. <laughs> so so too shall that script.
0: That's right. You
1: know, and so somehow when we mix Celtic music with good old-fashioned hard chunky metal chords, we got to find a way to make those mix, mm-hmm. and and we will as great musicians, right? And so um, these are all parts that I adore uh, with what I do as a I just call myself a storyteller.
0: That's what I do. No, it's it's beautiful too, and I, I love the way you're talking about how these things are written for us. And we're going to get into this pr- pretty in depth later on tonight as well too. One of the writers uh, that you've had the opportunity to work with, even during your season, uh, your time on the show, uh, is Angela Kang, and you know yeah. she's been promoted up. and And I know Glemazzaro is always uh, who you worked with very very diligently throughout that season. Um, Wasn't an, always an advocate for promoting, uh, you know, uh, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm looking for, promoting uh, women writers. you know, A lot of times they yeah. weren't given the chances that they so deserved, and, and, and women actresses and things like that, too. But we're going to talk about her a little bit tonight and just talk about writing some serious stuff. She's written over 25 episodes, 27, I think, now the showrunner. I mean, yeah. congrats to her, and I really, really yeah. think we're going to see some wonderful things yet to come. Um, and, I mean, it's, I certainly would not want her role. I mean, she's jumping into a show, and, uh, you know, spoiler warnings just for everyone that's watching this now. We're going to talk, we'll try to throw some spoiler warnings out a little bit, but there's characters leaving the show. So, I mean, not only is she taking over um, as showrunner, she's got some holes to fill, and she's seemingly doing it with a smile. So, you know, and writing.
1: You're right, Eric. Sorry to interrupt. No, good. Uh, Everything about Angela Kang is... In place already. She do- actually doesn't have to do anything. She's proved herself. She's already landed. She, she's, she's Carol of the writing room. Mm-hmm. She's been there since day one. She's written episodes that are heavy. She's written episodes that are transitional. She, as a writer in the writer's room day in, day out, Angela has been there. She doesn't have to do anything. She is a showrunner. She is the showrunner. The show's never been in better hands. She's great. One of the things when I was there in in season three with Angela, she was carrying her first child. Okay? Right. So w- the main thing when I was on the show that we used to talk about at lunch and at dinners and socially as a group, we talked about the children of The Walking Dead and particularly Carl. Okay? Mm-hmm. We recognized as adults we were all people that had had an experience of a world before this event, before this catastrophic event. And so our dreams, for instance, might have been slaying baseball or running through the grass and swinging our first kiss or going to high school prom or all these natural things that we have thought of. And Angela, to me, always brought a element of not just humanity but of matronly uh, care motherhood and I actually think the show is as much about that though we've been following the gentleman mm-hmm. for all this time I sense that the show is ultimately about how to recreate and that starts with mama mm-hmm. and I think Angela is perfect for this show, as are any of the female characters, as they've proven, and any of the female directors and or writers that they've brought in. I don't think that's ever missed a beat and only ever helped the show because it's still about being human at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, in an inhuman environment, so to speak. And so I think there's there's never not a better person you know Scott Gimple who's run the show and also been there since day one as a writer while I was there I I adore them both and I'll never forget Angela I mean really getting close to labor she was there uh, producing one of her episodes on set and we were all like oh my gosh because it's very warm in Georgia yeah and when you're that pregnant it can only be uncomfortable and she she played through and like Lori was playing through at that time. That's right. And there was such a symbiotic a vibe that was real and supportive for Angela. And then we'd shoot the scenes with Sarah Wayne Callies and Lori and what we had to go through for these things. And so, uh, yeah, I think it's quite unique. I think that's... that's she's such a strong person you unless you were there you wouldn't know any of that yeah that's true i'm very appreciative of all that she does and happy she has a great smile if you've ever met her or you ever see her she has a great smile and um it's hard to smile on the walking dead I can imagine honest. it's hard to smile, not a lot of smiles.
0: okay, I, I didn't know that, but I, I do know the fact that she's really into uh, she she likes to geek out with all these interviews and podcasts and things like that as well. so I'm definitely extending an invitation to have her on and I'd be honored. but yeah, and I think a lot of her maybe uh, the contagiousness that she's had, you talk about the strength and that's a very, very cool way. you think we're looking at Rick all this time as you know uh, as the sheriff leading us away, but maybe that's just a smoke and mirrors while we're thinking about you yeah, as you're talking about recreating what we had before. And you look at the strength that's come up through the, uh, through the, the ranks there, you know, Carol started off a very mild and meek, you know, an abused wife. Um, and you know, we just started watching season one again for this sole purpose to get in the zone. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about some thoughts about season one leading up to where we are today. And then, you know, fast forward to many, many years later, you know, uh, you know, Glenn meet, getting to the Herschel's Farm, meeting Maggie, Maggie uh, and Michonne. I mean, so you take, you take Carol, Michonne and Maggie. There is some strength right there that I'm sure you or I would not want to necessarily tangle with in a fight.
1: No, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, Melissa McBride, who plays Carol, uh, who has never changed, by the way. I know, way. she's though incredible. Her though her character and her character's arc has been my favorite on the show. Uh, She hasn't changed and she's as solid as the North Star. Mm. She's comforting and as even and as kind and hopeful as you'd ever want a a fellow comrade and actor to be. Um, But yes, you're right. She goes from a battered uh, battered housewife to a little confused. um, You know, a, a ship in Stranded out to see, you know, at some point when she was with me, uh, you know, my sole purpose was to be the voice of the audience and say, look, you're a lesbian, clearly because
0: the short know, hair.
1: Yeah. And and to dispute that, which then gives her the, you know, and and we, we move on to where she goes from figuring out how to save herself. She stood up and I'm going to take care of myself and now I'm going to take care of everyone around me i'm going to take care of everyone around me and i'm going to win and she did that which is the fortitude of motherhood and i i'm always a big advocate of that because guess what we all have is mother yeah and, and so that is um uh, something that she's she's and she's had some really heavy lifting to do i mean really heavy lifting and so and controversial. Make no mistake. Mm-hmm. And, and and um, I have gotten into that with her on some of those things. Clearly, you know, when you're on that show, it's not it's not that you're and you're Melissa McBride or or or, or Lauren Cohen or, or Andrew Lincoln. You get some pages, and there's some things that don't. And we say this that they don't sing well. You know, just just don't sing well. These words don't fit in, in this chord of music. and Or it's kind of not my song. I don't really do this. Um, they'll let it be known. And the writers are called in. Angela King is called in and asked to present or let's talk about this. And that's why the show works, because mm-hmm. they do consult ever so much. And they do, uh, they get it right. They get it right for everybody. And and I think that's a credit to them. Take the time to get it right. And, um, and, and the proof's in the pudding, as they say.
0: As opposed to shut up, read the line, let's get this, let's go.
1: Yeah, that never happens on that show.
0: That's good. And I think awesome. that's why it is a success, awesome. yeah.
1: It never happens. You know who doesn't let that happen? Andrew Lincoln, the number one. If he senses, look, is that, are you uncomfortable with that? Is that, because let's, Let's fix that. Or let's talk about that. Or let's get you comfortable with that. And that's not just with Melissa, that's maybe someone that's in like me, you know, Axel or something. He he's well aware of the entire environment. That's the sensitivity of a good artist, you know, And, and he's entirely special, Andrew Lincoln. I mean he really I like to say he's the Tom Brady of The Walking Dead, if any football fans are out there yeah of course the
0: quarterback sure of course
1: if they think tom brady's worthy they're they're, (laughs) i'm going to get some blowback on that he's a cheater andrew lincoln is not a cheater yeah and uh andrew lincoln is as hard a worker as i've ever seen on set of any actor and he cares as much as any audience member out
0: well, that's the thing More. too. Some of these actors, some, some of the roles and these, like p- some people don't really appreciate how some of these scenes work. There's sometimes you're, you know, there's, a, you know, five, six different actors and you may not actually ever share a scene, even though you're in the show together that night, that episode, you may not even be on set that day with that, that particular actor or actress. But you were obviously would have to have been with Andrew Lincoln many times because the prison scenes were hand to hand combat and some things like that. And you would experience you that.
1: Say yes, uh, I'm to your point, Eric, interestingly, and these are some of the things that I like to talk about. When I was on the show on season three, we were just coming out of Herschel's Farm, so they have been very reclusive and, and kind of solitary. And so we were new meat, so to speak. We were new blood as they found us in the prison. And then we went through those paces, and shortly thereafter, there's Woodbury. But the point was, the show was still built around Sheriff Rick Grimes' Past Starting about just after Terminus, as we were getting into Alexandria, the show started to evolve and expand into bigger worlds. Yes, we always had Woodbury and the governor, but but that vehicle was still, what's Rick going to do with that? But now we've sort of expanded, and the show has many storylines and many other conflicts and issues outside of of Rick, Mm -hmm. outside of Sheriff Grimes. There are stories that don't have any effect or he cannot affect. And when I was there, all roads led to Andrew Lincoln and Rick Grimes. So everything that was built was built that way. So, for instance, that's a way the show has opened up and evolved. It's, it's no longer Andrew Lincoln, Rick Grimes' show, he, The Walking Dead. Now there's a variety of, of paths, of roads less traveled that we're going to take. And so I find that entirely interesting.
0: And they've done that so well, too, that technically. I know there's, you know, talk of another 10 years, not necessarily of The Walking Dead as we know it, but The Walking Dead universe, you know, spin-offs and things like that. You know, they've yeah. already done Fear, which we'll talk a little bit about tonight as well, too. But you talk about these different paths that have been kind of uh, foreshadowed and created. That could set off a, a, a nice Negan spin-off. It could set off, you know, a story of the Whisperers. It could set off, you know, what happened to Hersch- Herschel growing up at the farm. You know, all those things are written so well that it could easily make a spin-off.
1: There's a lot of... Material, as you say, and there's a lot of interesting, uh, you know, I always like John Sayles as a filmmaker and I segue, I apologize. No, please, go ahead. Connect the dots. I, I always felt that John Sayles' movies always had really interesting subplots, sometimes even as interesting as the main storyline. And I think The Walking Dead is starting to find that um that approach, as well, through you know Mr. Kirkman's Bible in, mm-hmm. in the graphic novels, and these characters are all really rich with lives that we're interested in, and that we're um, we're, we're, we're entirely interested in. Um, and so I think the show is is doing more work than it's ever done, really. Yeah. And, the, the work that's required because they've started going this way. The work that's required now for the writers' room and the production is Herculean and and difficult. It's, a, it's people ask me about being on The Walking Dead. It's work. It is J O B. It is the greatest J O B. But it is work. And and on Friday, uh, which by the way is Saturday morning, about three o'clock in the morning, when you're done with the work week. Friday going into Saturday OT, uh, there's a collective sigh of satisfaction and validation that you've done a good show, and you go home and you get some sleep, and you wake up Sunday and you realize Monday's right around the corner. We got to start it all over again and do just as good, if not better, than the week we had done before.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a vicious cycle, but that's the thing. You get the right people, and that are the committed. That's why that's why many of these uh, you know many of your colleagues don't want to ever be killed off on the show, because they. I'm sure it is a paycheck. Yes, indeed, but. It's you just want to get back to tomorrow and hit that home run again and again and again, and you know, kind of nurture the younger cast members that are joining in, lend some advice to them, learn from them. Um, it's 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 a great family, and that's what they don't say it loosely when they say Walking Dead family. It is a family yeah. for sure.
1: It is entirely. That's one of the things, as I mentioned, that I like to sort of uh, uh, find out. Hey, what's going on these days? When I came to the show, um, Andrew Lincoln, and John Bernthal. And Sarah Wayne Cowley sat me down, welcomed me with open arms, said, we need you. You're here to help. This is what we do. Here's how we go about doing it. You're part of it. Uh, Shoulder this piece of wood and help us build. And that's what we pass along. Someday we're going to be gone. Will you remember to pass this along, of which my short time... 10 episodes, I tried to and or I did. Um, and I asked the other day if that was still, and it is. It's still the approach. They You're sat down, you're brought in, hey, welcome. Because some shows you're treated a little bit as an outsider when you come in. Sure. You, know, you haven't been around. We've been here for eight years. You're new. Uh, mm-hmm. The invitation isn't always. But on this show in particular, it's, it's really uh, an invitation. A gracious invitation, and you're accepted. And, and most times, they already know your work. Yeah, they've, they've heard you're coming. They know who you are. Possibly a like,
0: fan. Oh,
1: yeah, exactly. And so uh, that that's great. And they still do that. And I'm I'm very proud to have been part of that and to have experienced it through the people that passed it on to me. So so there is that. And then. As you said, Eric, it's about doing good work. You know, we we do a lot of work. It's not all good. Mm -hmm. It's not all good. But on this show, it is all good. And so you're very proud of that. It's not often you get to always go out and do good work. And um, I think everybody recognizes and respects that for sure.
0: I, I would imagine with all the things that are on your roster, I mean, you've got some great stuff. And, and one of the, one of the personal things I love of yours, I love, uh, Unstoppable. Uh, I really thought your role was really cool in that one. It's one of my favorites. I also like Rango and it took me a while to actually find out that you were in Rango. I love animated things, but I would imagine you'd probably put walking dead on a nice mantle on your shelf as far as a very special place in your life.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, when I was invited to be part of the show, um, I was doing a movie, The Lone Ranger, for Disney. Oh, yes, yes. And I was still doing it, and I had a little window of opportunity to do a few episodes of The Walking Dead. We figured we could work it out. And the main thing was I had this crazy mustache on The Lone Ranger. And I was like, look, I can't shave this because I've got to go back and finish this movie. And I'm on a big Disney movie, and you're just a little (laughs) television show. Right. and they're like, no, no, we like your mustache. You can wear it here. And I'm like, oh, you're just saying that. I know I'm going to get into makeup and hair, and they're going to want to trim it. And it, Really, I was just trying to solidify that They really wanted me. But And they did. I knew of The Walking Dead because originally it had come across my desk in the form of the graphic novel. And somebody had said, based on my horror pedigree, Look at this. And I did and I thought, wow, that's that's pretty violent. <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty intense. There's no way they'll be able to uh you know ever do this on television, uh not even in cartoon form, but in animation, little did I know. Uh so I was invited the very first time to come in and read for Merle. Uh maybe we talked about this. Yeah. But uh thankfully they found Michael Rooker. And then uh, weeks later, they brought me in again, the casting, and asked if I would read for Merle as a brother. We don't know his name. He doesn't have any lines, but read Merle's lines again, but just different, as if it was his brother. Thankfully, they found Norman Reedus to do Daryl. <laughs> and finally, when Axel came around, they sort of had a sense of me, and they thought that I would be a good fit. And I'm I appreciated that. So that being said, it's season three. The Walking Dead was very popular, uh, not quite at its apex, but heading there, Sure. and I don't think that A, I had any awareness, certainly I had no experience of what type of visibility it would create, nor did I have an awareness in that, that it would be so public to the point where I would walk down the street and people would go, hey, Axel, you know, you're that guy. And that hadn't really happened to me a lot. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was cool and a little bit, un, you know, unnerving a little bit. Like, hey, wow. Now, that being said, because the show films in Atlanta, Georgia, just south of Sonoya, I feel like it flies a little under the radar of Hollywood, so to speak. True. It flies a little bit under all the tabloid and a little bit under all of the... Onset production here's what happened in the walking dead today news and I think that that because it's left alone just enough sure There's a lot of people trying to scoop it, but that it's left alone just enough. I think that serves it quite well as as well Eric. I think um, I, I think that it's not So in the public eye of studio system Hollywood It's, it's able to do what it does best and that's work
0: makes total sense no it does it truly does
1: you know it's like perfecting your band in the garage before you go out and tour
0: that's right get it down nail it
1: yeah let's go let's go cut this album in you know in georgia and not at capitol records so to speak
0: no that doesn't make total sense Let's jump over to the chat for a quick sec. We'll say hi to a bunch of people. I think there's a couple of questions <laughs> over there. And when we come back, let's talk about a little bit about um, for this whole fact. And when I'm talking now, I'm saying "boot," And I'm actually overpronouncing it now because you said it earlier with my <laughs> Canadian accent. boots. When we come back, Love we'll it. talk about No, anyway, seriously. When we come back, we'll talk um, maybe how Axel's... We Obviously, you know your character's life was cut a little short. But I think Axel maybe had a lot of stories yet to tell. And yeah. I'd like to... And, and I'm going to kind of preface this by saying... I don't want to just compare you and Dwight uh, to, uh, on appearance. Axel and Dwight, not not yeah, you as yeah. a new temple, but Axel and Dwight as a similar character. And I'd like to see get your opinion. You can think about this while we talk about questions. Um, sure. Maybe if Axel survived, would he been um, a follower of Negan? Uh, would he be? Uh, would he? I, I think really Axel didn't want waves with anybody, and he would serve yeah. anybody good uh, and give him his all, whether it be Rick or Negan. But we'll talk about that when we come back to it. Um, Over in the chat, we've got Ninja here as well. Sean Close is here. Um, And Ninja asked a question. Ask him if he knows Ryan Dambro. Apparently, he worked in some of the AD departments of production. And I think you mentioned you did know him?
1: Totally did know Ryan. And as as I remember, Ryan was a very capable young man who, uh, um, I don't know if he's still on the show, if he's still working on that show. But I do know that while he was there and while I was there, he, he did a great job and he was going to, Uh, succeed at whatever he has chose to do or continues to do and and uh he he was solid and you 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 rely on solid people that's the thing as part of the family um you rely on each other uh on the walking dead and you never leave a man behind or a woman Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's just this camaraderie that everybody is in support whether it's dehydration or sun exposure, or a bug bite, or exhaustion, uh, fatigue, or mental duress, or whatever, there's somebody there to pick you up and say, let's go soldier, we can keep going.
0: That's cool, that's cool. It's nice that you knew him for sure. And uh, so there's your answer to that one, uh, Ninja. Troy Harris is here as well too. Uh, let me scroll down. Quentin James is here in the house saying, hey kids, Nocturnal Butterfly is my beautiful better half I'm running the chat as efficiently as possible every week. Uh, nice. Curtis Murata is here. Single Coil Lover is here. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Single Coil Lover says, your wife is pretty kick-ass, Eric. I agree with that 100%. Mel O'Brien is here. Says, hey from West Cork. Uh, let me see here.
1: Like Cork County over in, over in the, uh, Ireland then?
0: Maybe. I'm not 100% sure. I think I think he's mentioned before. Possibly, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Walani well, is here saying, hey, Lou. Mel O'Brien says, I'm hey. blushing. Hey. Uh, let me see, who else have I missed here, possibly? David Ennis is here. Hello, Eric, Nocturne Butterfly, and Lou. Uh, let me see here. Nice. Eamon Wise is here. Nice to see you. a lot of our regulars from our EVH uh, show. Um, let me see here. We might miss anybody? I'll keep going here, almost down to the bottom. Um, so let's okay. jump back over to where we were there. Actually, hang on. Maybe I missed somebody. No, I think we're good. Um... So we so talked all, about. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. Really much appreciated for sure. Um, so let's talk about. So if Lou, if Lou, <laughs> if Axel did continue on the past season three, do you think he could have made it through to where we are now and been either a, a great asset um, contributor to either Rick's team or Negan's team? I'd like to see where you think um, Axel would be.
1: I think the integrity of Axel would be that he would, um, he would follow the sheriff. I think he would he would buy into the sheriff's um, fellowship of, of let's do the right thing. I think he might question whatever um, conflict that, sh- that Rick Grimes may have caused. Uh, there's a lot of worthwhile conversation about if we had followed Negan this entire time, maybe Rick Grimes is the villain. Looking at him. true, you know, depending on which side of the you know. Are they not two sides of the same coin? Um, I don't think that Axel ultimately, as you mentioned, looks for conflict or supports any human suffering. So I think that he would have looked to try to get along typically and survive. That being said, I also recognize Axel being rather... Active, pragmatic. I don't know that he'd be the guy that would kneel and wait for for eeny, meeny miny mo. I think he may have been the guy that says our only chance, like the unfortunate people on on the flight in Pittsburgh, we've gotta rush these guys and go down uh, for the greater good. So Fight or flight, I think he fights, but he'd look for anything to, to not be in that scenario and probably would have tried to talk Rick out of every advancement. I don't think he's a shame, let's take the rubber to the road. No. Let's let's take the fight to the war and, and look for an alternative, let's try and make peace. And you know that doesn't always work and Rick I think I think I think Rick ultimately we Tried that lesson with the governor. Mm -hmm. Let's sit down and have a powwow, let's talk. And it it went mad. It went south on him rather quickly. And I I think he recognized that. So uh, that being said, I don't think Axel is the man that stands up and assertively takes charge. I think he's a a good soldier. I think he's a good foot soldier, a good follower, a good second in command, a good wingman, a good supportive i think i think he was there to try to get along mm-hmm. i think he liked to be liked and he wanted to be he wanted to find some joy you know i always look for axel to sort of lift the day a little bit with a little smirk or a smile <laughs> I, you know yeah it's something that uh, really is what i was always trying to bring to the show because when i say we don't smile much on the walking dead you know you you don't see a lot of lightheartedness, particularly in the last several seasons, my goodness.
0: So Uh, serious.
1: It's been some heavy, heavy toil. Uh, So, no, I don't think that ultimately Axel would find favor with Negan. Um, I think that based on the lessons that he learned from people that he was with for a year in that penitentiary, which were typically, interestingly, um, minorities mm-hmm. in prison. I think he understood the difference between entitlement and and reality. So, in other words, unlike Dwight, I don't think that he would he would say this is just what we got to do. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think I think when he learned from Oscar, when Oscar said, "I've never begged for my life, and I'm not going to start now," I think Axel probably heard that as he was begging for his life mm-hmm. as an entitled white guy, because everyone listens to the white guy. Mm-hmm. I think he started to understand how to survive. Uh, I don't think he would be, um, you know a guy that would conform
0: to kind of the dark side
1: rather I think he wouldn't concede I think he would rather throw it all in than than as we'd seen some of the others yeah Uh, uh not so overtly I don't think he'd be hatching plans right I think he would just be looking for you know beyond horizons let's leave let's get away from this madness let's 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 go you know let's let's let him chase us and escape as opposed to let's fight him. um the thing with Dwight he's so conflicted because he's been through so much mm-hmm. and he's had to play you know he's had to play so many angles that he's just got himself to a place where he, he doesn't even know who he is
0: that's right no identity anymore
1: and I feel like Axel maybe wouldn't maybe would have pulled him aside and had that conversation with dwight and said look if nothing else at the end of the day you're going to meet your maker and you have got to be able to be able to say you know lift your head and say here's who i am that's all that's important and
0: without and, lifting yeah, your head and saying i am it. negan
1: right might have, might have had uh service um that way um you know i found abraham to be a stronger character than axel that way okay of integrity i don't think that axel was an ass kicker like abraham you know he he wasn't that you know abraham would say okay let I me mean, let's go you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'm gonna die but i'm going down swinging <laughs> which was kind of his thing you know Axel probably not going to go that way until he had to yeah uh, as, as as that goes um Uh, so, I I think, I think he would have tried to make peace, you know, not, uh, Herschel was more reasonable for Axel. Sure. I often wonder how Herschel would have gotten through all of this, and I just, uh, Rick might have been a little different in tact, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, that's where I think Axel stands with that.
0: Because wasn't it, i, I got to refresh my memory, wasn't it season three where they started to initiate the council, um, where it wasn't just Rick's decision all the time, it was uh, Carol and Daryl and, and the council?
1: Yeah everybody, yeah, everybody had a bit of a Perfect. say. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then the governor kind of blew that all apart. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and Rick said, I tried that, and it didn't work. And also, Rick was going through a little, you know, mental giraffes. Yeah. Of, you know, PTSD with, you know, the visions of the ghosts of, of Lori and having lost his wife and Carl and the baby being born, Judith, and, and a lot of uh, uh, a lot of difficulty. And, you know, I, I find... Some of the characters now confusing, and I think that's brilliant because humans are confusing. I just don't understand, you, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and sometimes Josh's character McDermott uh, can confuse me because I'm always like, "What would Axel do with this guy?"
0: Hey, Eugene.
1: Yeah, and so I feel like he wouldn't play Kate. He would call bullshit, you know, and and he'd say no, no, no that's not, you know, that that that's not. Look, I'm a, you know, huh, I, I'm 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 smarter than that. I'm not I'm not going down that way. So. I
0: I could see so Axel saying, just speak English, mustache, or a mullet man.
1: Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, let's you know, let's let's shoot straight here, you know. Don't bullshit a bullshitter. <laughs> so I, I think. I, I think he would have found his way. That being said, I don't. I don't think that he would be spending as much time trying to survive as as uh, Eugene or or Jeffrey. You know, mm-hmm. so, uh, uh, alternate agendas. Let's say that. You know, I think Axel is hard on his sleeve. and I think oh, that, for sure. You know, and and. Uh, He's certainly not the man that Abraham was. But mm-hmm. Ab- to me, Abraham didn't have a lot of agenda. You know, he was no. straight down the road, you know, and, and uh, I, I I appreciated that. But the complicated characters are delicious. They certainly you know, they sure are. Uh, Jeffrey is very unctuous and just you know that he's been dethroned. I still maintain the governor is one of my favorite characters.
0: He was probably one of the overall best villains and something that you could never peel back. You peel back all the layers, and you still haven't even really discovered what he uh, had yet uh, to go.
1: I really enjoyed David Morrissey's presentation of, of the governor because I thought it was so intellectual and and interesting. I also think that Jeffrey Dean Morgan's pitch of Megan is delicious, yummy. <laughs> Yeah and and so much fun and i found so much of the audience that just responds to that you know and uh i'm like wow you're just love the abuse then don't you yes
0: Uh, i guess so
1: yeah so i miss axel i and, and you know clearly there's there's no telling really um Because mr. Kirkman had built Axel uh, a little lascivious as well mm-hmm. a little uh, let's not forget it. in in the graphic novels he did take the twins out into the woods and uh, did some bad things you mm-hmm. know there was some there was some dark side that Axel could have exposed himself yeah had, had um, we kept going mm-hmm. through the seasons. And I, and there was discussion of that topically. Um, we opted to just maintain sort of a very a likability um, all the way through. But I, I could see that a couple seasons down the road, maybe it would have been interesting to turn, you know, maybe uh, what he is wasn't necessarily on the label, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. Gosh, it's, uh, there's some cayenne pepper in here. I don't
0: see that. <laughs> so. Yeah, a little bit yes. of a hidden, a hidden agenda. I think that's probably smart than they did it because we all look back at Axel with kind of a loving memory. And, you know, yeah. and there's, and like someone in the chat here says, uh, Walani says he wanted the Carol and Axel relationship develop. Um, yeah, exactly. A lot of people were and, and that was a very, very sweet and innocent thing and uh, and a lot of people loved that. Another couple comments, uh, Chris Shaw, a good friend of mine, he says, hey, Lou, loved your character, well played, loved the show, rock on, watching last season, that was a recap. Eric Gruber is here as well too. So let's let's kind of fast forward. We're coming up to ten o'clock. We have about thirty minutes left to go. we am gonna try to get as much in as we can. Um, so again, spoiler warnings for anyone that's kind of caught up. I just kind of put that out there. If uh, you know it's out there, it's out there. Uh, we're trying to not certainly not to spoil anything. But first of all, are you fully caught up on season eight?
1: Yes, sir. Okay,
0: I figured you would. I mean, I know that's a dumb question, but I thought I would ask you anyways before I get too far, because I don't want to spoil anything for you either. Um, so what were your thoughts? Here again, there's a lot of uh, material that, you know, changes from the comic material, uh, you know, and some things, you know, it's it's great that they do it. Sometimes it's, it's kind of like, ooh, that's weird, and keeps everyone on their toes. But, you know, losing a major character like Carl, who has a vital role in the comics with Negan. What were your thoughts when, maybe you heard about that before the average person like us did, but what are your thoughts when you discovered that?
1: Well, there's thoughts as an audience member, and then there's thoughts as a part of the family. Mm-hmm. And so, as an audience member, I think I was uh, sort of preparing myself for Carl to be the last man standing. Uh, I was preparing myself, I suppose, for, in my mind, Carl to be at the bedside of old man Rick, his father, in passing, and all some crazy dream. In my mind, I think I was setting myself up for that future. Okay. Um so I was taken back when that happened. That being said, as a family member, I recognized that the actor Chandler Riggs is a young man with an entire career ahead of him and and not just in the entertainment industry, but as a college student and as a young man in life, maybe, uh, maybe it was time for him to get an opportunity to go out and, and explore those types of things while he still Young. had some options and opportunities to, to occur. You have to remember, he's been on the show a long time. Mm-hmm. Never, In my experience, i been exposed to a, a child actor that's had to do so much heavy lifting as Chandler Riggs and do it with such grace and such sincerity and support of the character and the story. You know, no child should ever have to really do anything that he's had to do. And and he did it. And he did it with great credit, great great applause. So I recognize maybe he needs to go off and, and do other things he loves music he's making music now wow.
0: DJ's gotten like, that
1: yep yeah, he's a very fine actor he'll he'll be great on anything he does and he's doing film and uh, and we miss him dearly on the walking Dead so that it was a it was a shock to me and yet um,
0: you understood too though
1: I do understand if in fact there's there's the other side the pragmatic side of a young actor uh, maybe needing the experience, uh, but it also did inform me a little bit about how much I don't know where the show is going. Okay. And if nothing else, it should tell us as audience members we don't know, and we better you know strap our seatbelts on to to take this ride that we know nothing about. That we may think I know how this is going to go. Ah, mm-hmm. this is you know. I mean, if nothing else, Carl. Being taken out totally uh, rocks our world. We should know that we don't know anything. We don't know how it's going to go, and we can't be sure of anything. And I think we needed it at that point in time. And so I give production, um, I give the show a lot of credit for doing something as bold as that. Uh, certainly not a popular choice. You know, nope. everyone loves Chandler. And... Uh, and I think I think it was a bit of a wake-up call for all of us as audience. Yep. Yeah. By the way, we call we call we call each other audience members. We don't really say fans. I think we've talked about this. We find that the audience is so much a part of the show. It's an in. It's a, to it's a discredit call fans because they're not fans. They're part of the show. They're members. Yeah. So they turn up every week. So they're part of the show. They're not. They're the other half of the show, you know, and they're not fans. That's, I like that. That's not we call them in the audience, and, and we're a part of the audience, all of us. So I, that's
0: very kind. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah, I thought that was that was a that was a blow, but uh, and a bold one, but exactly the type of thing I think we needed.
0: Mm-hmm. As an awesome. Well, speaking of shaking it up, so we go a little further, not much further, you know, mind you. Now, I know Andrew Lincoln had talked several times, several seasons before about, you know, I do want to have an exit plan. There is a plan. I don't know when it is, but I do have an out. I see myself taking it out down the road, and it wasn't very far after that that he finally said, you know, told the team that, okay, uh, this is going to be it. Um, What were your thoughts on that? Probably just equally shocked or even more so, or?
1: It was hard for me to get my head around not following the sheriff based on my experience, everything I had done in showing up to the show and leaving the show was all roads lead to Rick. And now if they don't, what's the point? Mm -hmm. That to me is just an example of the evolution and opening up of the show. That's how much the show has evolved. So for us, um, old you know, originals, us OGs, that were there from day one. Um, we're, we've are we got to give a wider berth to the idea that, you know, it keeps going. And how do we deal with it? Well, they're going to help us. Mr. Kirkman and Miss Kang will help us understand that. As far as Andrew Lincoln goes, not unlike Chandler, an incredibly gifted actor that can... And need, needs to quite possibly take a break, mm-hmm. and can do many, many, many other things, and 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 will and will when he when he chooses. Um, I think sometimes you recognize when to be able to uh, pass the baton, and I found. Where I find that Andrew Lincoln is the type of uh, artist and the and the type of person that would entirely say, I, I'm. It's not that I'm going out on top. It's not that I'm going out because I'm tired. It's not. But 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 it's right for the show. And he would never do anything to harm this because he built it. He mm-hmm. and Sarah and John sat down the very first. Uh, week of this show with Mr. Darabont uh, we're doing a pilot about, you know, at that time they called them zombies, not walkers. That's right. Doing a set about zombies. We got six episodes. No one's ever going to watch this show. Let's do the best darn job that we can do so that maybe after this thing gets canceled, we'll get jobs somewhere else. Yeah. And lo and behold, you know, it's 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 the number one thing ever. And that's never changed. And and So they deserve credit. And Andrew would never slight that. And so, if this is a decision that he has come to with, with the production, um, the powers that be, then it, then it's right, and it will be right, and they'll handle it right and mm-hmm. make it right. And I'm excited uh, to see how it goes. I'm still, you know, if we're putting a soundtrack to it, I'm. I'm using the song Dreamweaver.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm
1: still in the mindset of, of something ethereal, Eric. I don't know. What What about you?
0: I, I can't know. I don't know if I can give you an example of a song, but I, I feel the emotion for sure. And I was just going to say, like I told you earlier in the program, starting to watch um, season one, it, this is what I really like. And this is, okay, Angela's going to be taking us back at that to that feel of the first couple of seasons, maybe more so just season one, you know, starting and an end and watching only the first three episodes of season one I could not get over the emotion and the soundtrack okay now the the dialogue was great there was you know shorter dialogue but the the soundtrack was like it grabbed you by the you know you know grabbed you and didn't let you go and they didn't have to be speaking on the screen the music uh, took you that places and then I went and I got very like kind of like really caught up in a moment knowing that where Rick is going now And seeing that struggle from day one, waking up in the hospital, you know, uh, you know, getting down the street down towards Morgan, you know, every obstacle he had to encounter and survived everything, everything, everything. And the emotion and the soundtrack, like I mentioned, and then you start thinking that he's not going to be there. Then it's like, holy cow, this is even like 10 times more powerful than what it is. It just, it really shakes you. But you know, it's, it's that thing where like you said, I think you said it perfectly that He's not doing it. like Yes, he is in one way leaving for his family too. That's, that's great. But he's sure. leaving because the story has to go in another direction. And I, at first I was kind of embarrassed that I, I, it would, I was one of those uh, bandwagon jumpers where I was like, okay, the show is done. It's completely done. It's going to suck. And I love the show and I hated to even say that. But I was one yeah. of them thinking it's, it's done. It's going to be done before the end of season nine. Then I started to really think about it. You know, and AMC was actually pretty smart about this. They started conditioning us. It's almost like, you know, you know, I won't get into politics, but the p- politicians will start conditioning you that there's going to be a new law coming out. Eventually when a law comes out, hey, it's cool. I like it, you know. So AMC is yeah. letting us know Rick Grimes' final, final episodes and either they're leaking out some stuff or the fans are leaking out stuff, but there's, they certainly weren't debunking some of the things that were being leaked out. So we're conditioned and we're okay with it a little bit. But I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be possibly some of the best material we've ever seen and i certainly wasn't saying that a month ago
1: yeah i think i think so i think i think the task of the escape for for andrew lincoln for the the departure of of rick grimes is monumental every bit as how do we introduce these this character how do we this concept and get people on board every bit as much as the effort to do that I think the effort to undo it so to speak but also keep it moving forward so in other words not backtracking but but whoosh it forward um, when I say move it forward I mean keep moving it forward mm-hmm. that's what we're capable of keeping up I, like, I think it's going to move to a point where we're not going to be able to keep up, and we're going to be spun, and then it'll settle with us, and um, it's going to keep happening. I think somehow, I don't know how, but somehow this show encapsulates life, uh-huh. and, and very, very capably, and, and in the moment's time, is perfect. And all the upheaval of Megan can't be that far off from all the upheaval that we're sustaining in America, yeah. in, in the world. I've always maintained that walkers are just a metaphor for your, your daily problems, like your mortgage or your credit, your debt. Your,
0: Very good point.
1: To, you know, I, I think the difficulty of life is not unlike the difficulty of surviving in that scenario. So... Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the show is always pertinent and apropos, and I think, uh, I think we'll be surprised, you know, like, oh, aha, oh, I think it. I think we'll all experience something. Yeah, it's really incredible, and um, I'm proud of that. I'm proud to know the people doing that, including being part of the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I don't think we've seen the last of the Grimes family either, because what it's sounding like right now is uh, coming into season nine, it's going to be like about an eighteen-month time jump from where we left off, and then after Rick's exit, um, it's going to be about a five-year jump. So what's Judith right now? Somewhere around three or four. Yeah. You know, so so she could yeah. be, you know, the the younger, uh, like a you know, kind of almost teen Carl, and I think we'll see something together between her and Michonne, she being, you know, kind of the her new mom. And, uh, looking after her, I think there's gonna be the more grimes to see yet.
1: Well, I hope so. yeah, I mean I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that what we're seeing is it's just that hope. That's I've right. always maintained when the show loses hope, the show lo- is lost. yeah and and so and when you when there's no hope, and the show's brought us there so many times, and yet then it continues to give us something to hang our hope hat on. And so, I do think that if we kind of maintain the Judith development, the Michonne matriarch.
0: Because mm-hmm. as a flip uh, to the comics, well, uh, during your season, uh, Judith, w- Judith and Lori were taken out by the governor. Correct.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: During your time, because they were escaping the prison, and you know, the bullet took them both out at the same time. So that's a quite uh, twist.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and I think some of the other characters are going to shoulder the burden. Of Rick Grimes mm-hmm. will will be, you know. I think we'll celebrate as opposed to mourn. How's that?
0: Yeah, no, I like that. I agree with that too. It's probably going to be a moment where I'm sure there's going to be many Kleenexes uh, shared amongst the families. But now. Then, then the grieving will be, it'll be a quick one. It'll be a quick because we're going to come back the following season. Uh, not the following season. Actually, no, it's going to feel like a following season, the following episode, because there is that time jump. And they're very smart with that because now, because it's so many years after, technically in the TV world, we can kind of feel that a little bit too. And we're like, okay, well, it's, it's happy. Everyone's doing their rebuilding. They got plants. They got vegetables. You know, so I, that's smart.
1: Move through. Yeah. yeah. And, and we, yeah. Had to, uh, we had an experience... I've always felt one of the things, and I have, I've expired a lot on film and television, Eric. Yeah, you know, I know. I've always honored death, and I think this will be a, a an honor of of the passing of however Andy Rick Grimes leaves us. I think it'll be entirely honorable. But I think we will have as an audience the opportunity to honor and grieve, but also to salute. Yes. And, and so I think the show will serve us this way. I don't think it'll be taken from us no, unceremoniously. No, I know.
0: I think it's beautiful. You're yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I agree with you 100%. Here's, here's a funny question to, to kind of bring us back around. Um, obviously, are you a fan of Dave Chappelle? Yeah. Okay, I love Dave Chappelle. That man can make me like, yeah. I like the way he just yells and he yells something twice and he makes you laugh. But a good friend of ours, a single-core lover, she says, as a non-fan, the only question I can ask Lou is, what did he think about the Dave Chappelle skit? You know, the you Eaning, Eaning, Eaning,
1: I thought it was hilarious. Mm. I mean, everything David does is uh, is hilarious. You know, Dave and Norman Reedus are actually quite good friends.
0: I did not know that. I know Dave. Norman's friend was a lot of uh, the yeah. guys in my scene, the metal guys and rock guys, but I did not know that.
1: Yes, there's an artistry that Chappelle has because uh, he's incredibly talented. He sure is. Um, that that Norman likes to hang with some really great artistry. So yes, hilarious uh, and smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say it was also very, very smart, uh, and clearly she she liked it as well.
0: Yeah, I I, I think so. <laughs> she I, did.
1: Yes. She and, and she, I think it's perfect. Sometimes that's the other thing. Sometimes we can't take ourselves too serious.
0: Exactly. You
1: Keep know, the piss taken out of us a little bit here and here now and 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 again. Yep. And um and Saturday Night Live in particular should be honored to. to have them spoof a little bit. I know, that's
0: right. That's that is a rite of passage as well too. We're we're finally on Saturday Night Live, you know, as a spoof. Um, and as a bit of a spoof too. Um where was this one? Uh Troy Harris says, and I can see this now that he says this, he says, I, I still say you make a good a great Daryl Earnhardt. I can see a little bit of the resemblance a little bit too. That's fantastic.
1: Number three. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that story. <laughs> Daryl Earnhardt. That was great. Yes. We're um, good. We're good. and the hero. That guy was that guy was solid and uh, Dale Jr's done really well too. I think Dale just retired, didn't he? he I
0: don't know, I don't follow NASCAR much. I, I used to watch a little bit, but I don't know enough about it. I, I would watch local stock cars here in my small town, but never really watched NASCAR that much. Cool sport, just don't know anything about it. I know the big names, like you know, like the household names, but and obviously it's, those are a couple.
1: It's a lot like country dancing, you just keep taking a left-hand turn.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: Just keep turning left and you'll be fine.
0: Turning left, that's right, yeah, exactly. Um, there was a question I was going to ask you. What was it? Oh, yeah, Fear the Walking Dead. I can't believe I didn't think about this. Are you much of a Fear fan?
1: Interesting with Fear. When I first started, I didn't connect with it because I felt like, uh, one, we had known so much prior to, we kept sort of needing to uh, instruct them. Don't look under the bed. Don't go in the barn. Don't mm-hmm. go into the woods. Don't you understand? And, and that wasn't fair because that show entirely deserves to be its own hybrid, make it, it its own. And now I've come to find out, which I, I don't see it as much, to be to be clear. Uh it has found its own audience. It's it stands on its own two feet and it's entirely popular and kicking butt. And that to me is exciting that the show on its own merit is very good. And obviously it's got some cross-pollination in management and in production uh and even in a cast member like morgan and and lenny james um so i'm excited for it and i might try to, to to seek it out and get engaged um i just didn't connect with it initially it started i felt like we knew the we had too much information we knew better than they did we just it created a lot of anxiety <laughs>
0: okay that makes don't, sense
1: don't you know and uh and and now that hasn't happened so um i thought i would say this i give the show a lot of credit for doing what it knew it could do Okay. i was like man they missed a lot of opportunities they could have taken us down this entire eugene rabbit hole of uh here's how the virus started, here's what it is, blah blah blah. They didn't do any of that, I'm disappointed. But no, what they're doing is right, so good on them. How about you?
0: Well, oh, here's my thing. Okay, so first of all, before I say too much, how far are you in in Fear?
1: First season.
0: Okay, so I won't say too much. Um, yeah. now the first two seasons, it was, and I just did a review on this last night, it's gonna be up on the YouTube channel, um, as part of my secondary thing to Rockin' Dead here tonight, um, and the season finale ended last night. I won't say anything towards it, it's just I was a little disappointed. Um, wow. The first two seasons were kind of a, well, this is enough to get me by um, while we're waiting for Walking Dead to pick back up. And it was pretty cool. And the difference is, as you know, right away too, instantly from Fear to The Walking Dead, there was no long-lasting villain. We didn't have a governor. We didn't have a Negan. We didn't have anything like that. And if there was a villain, it was a two-day villain kind of thing. And as much as that was a bummer, it was actually kind of cool too because you get pacing was moving on fast. Um, now cast members as as you know um as we talked about with walking dead it goes to show you that the universe, the, the whole uh, walking dead umbrella is not afraid to take pe- keep people out and i won't say anything more than that um, but so that's that's cool but there is a fellow and this is i'm certainly this isn't going to be a spoiler but there's a character that comes onto the show i'm i wonder if you've ever worked with him and i absolutely love him um Garrett,
1: Garrett Dillahunt.
0: Jeez John Dory have you worked with him yeah
1: yeah no I never have Garrett and I have never worked we've certainly auditioned for a lot of the same things okay he uh, had far more success than I he's a fantastic actor uh, he can carry his own show he's been great in film for a long time uh, he played two major characters in Deadwood uh, he's that good um, he I can remember I want to say he lobbied for the governor? No way. I want to say, or Negan. It might have been Negan, actually. It might have been Negan. Okay. But he's, he's shown up as John Dory, who is an entirely interesting character. Beautifully interesting.
0: Yeah. Now, now,
1: Garrett's interesting. Garrett could just sit there and you'd be interested in him. He, he is. Said,
0: now, did you see, this is a great movie, and, and I think, I uh, possibly the only other, uh, it's not a movie, it's a, it's a cable show, um, and I don't think I've seen him in too much. Uh, else on that but Hand of God with Ron Perlman
1: yeah I have seen that yeah. it's it's amazing yeah, for like
0: for he sure. kind of plays like um kind of um, a mute a little bit you know kind of a kind of an assistant a helper or whatever kind of a servant and um you know kind of gets the the grunt jobs of everything and and gets a lot of blood on his hands uh, and some roles he has to play and I absolutely loved him in that then when I saw him the first time I saw him on Fear the Walking Dead I was like where have I seen that guy before and then when he spoke oh. I was like, oh, man. And I'm not sure if it's, you know, he's the ex-sheriff like Rick. Maybe that's my fascination. Um, he's a sharpshooter like Rick. You know, the, it's, it's it's a great story. But, man, did he do a lot for that show. You'll love it when you get caught up to that.
1: Yeah, I've heard nothing but great stuff. And he's, he's super excited about having done it. And, and um, you know, I give AMC credit for, for bringing in – they do two things. They bring in just the right name types – And then they discover a lot of people as well. Mm -hmm. So they don't go too big. Like, holy cow, John Travolta's on The Walking Dead? Yeah. They don't go too big. And yet they all of a sudden bring in somebody that we don't know anything about. Cooper Andrews is Jerry. And he's like, wow, this guy's great. You know? Yeah. And I think they're really good. I, and, and that's casting. The casting. That's Sherry, Sharon Bialy and Sherry Thomas. Yeah. They the casting here in Los Angeles. And they're really good at what they do. They work. The reason they're really good at what they do is they've been doing it a long time. And they know all of us. That's right. And and, and it's not just that they know us. They know that there's people out there they don't know. And they go and discover. Mm-hmm. And so what Happens in that realm is they reach out to what's known as local casting, which is the Fin Cannon family. Okay. Uh, Lisa and Craig Finn Cannon out of North Carolina cast a lot of some of these newer people, uh, like uh, Emilio, Austin, or like Cooper Andrews. Yeah. And they find some people that we can't find, and they nail it and they nail it. Uh, Chandler Riggs out of atlanta and they nail it and the melissa mcbride actually frank darabon had been knowing melissa for a long time yeah so um so so the casting is someone out of everyone we talk about they get the least amount of credit and they deserve as much credit as anybody oh
0: agreed and a lot of people probably know this that watch walking dead they're probably fans of breaking bad i mean that's my probably my second favorite show Uh, And and I think that was a great example of a show when it ended at a great, uh, perfect time. could have been better. But Sharon was obviously key on that for uh, casting. Um, And and wasn't Melissa, like I I know the whole connection with Melissa and Frank, but wasn't Melissa herself involved in casting somewhat a little bit?
1: She was casting out of Atlanta and she was reading, uh, they were doing a film for Frank Darabont called The Mist.
0: Great movie. I was just going to say it.
1: Stephen King, I believe. And... uh, she was reading all these actors and reading with all these actors and he was like doggone you're you read really well she goes well you know i'm an actor a lot of the actors that i know out of atlanta could tell you how often she auditioned for things and he said well i've got a place for you in the mist and then when it came around coming back full circle to the, to the walking dead he had an idea for this lady that he wanted to build on with carol
0: yeah, and bringing Lori Holden oh. over too as as Andrea, she was in the mist as well.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. That, that was a very dark movie, wasn't it?
1: It was dark.
0: Yeah, but cool. It, it was. It was. It was cool Let's overall. So, as we wrap very up here, much. we've got about probably about four minutes left. Just your thoughts on uh, this the new villain, Villains, vil, vil, villain vil, I don't know, Villains, I guess we'll go with. What yeah. if we got these Whisperers coming in. We won't say too, too much about them, but what do you think? Do you think this could possibly be one of the biggest villains we've seen to date? Is it something that will uh, overshadow Negan?
1: I feel like what we can say, without spoiler alert, is uh, all the things that have been announced. So we know the Whisperer uh, headed up by... A very fantastic gentleman, Ryan Hurst.
0: Yep, Sons of Anarchy.
1: Sons of Anarchy. And I did Rango with Ryan. Oh right. That's very cool. Yeah, I did Mr. Ferguson at Jim Store. And he played he played one of the Gopher. He played one of the gophers. Uh, and Ryan is a really interesting guy, like just like Garrett Dillahunt, mm-hmm. like Jeffrey Dean Morgan like David Morrissey, like Lou Temple, like Andrew Lincoln, all in a different way. So he's rather, he's rather subtextual. In other words, it's not the opie thing. It's not going to be real overt, and it's going to be kind of, it's going to simmer. And so no, he's not going to be like Neekin. So it's not going to be all out there but it's going to be there, and it's going to be there in a really kind of uh, quiet, smoldering, scary way, and and powerful. He's very, very, very powerful, and uh, he has he 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 has a physicality um, that can catch you off guard. He's he's a big man, and he can throw it around. Yeah. So he's not as blustery as what Negan's going to be. He's not as, um, he's really, he's really intellectual. And, and you'll think, well, this is some hillbilly, but he's got you figured out before you've got you figured out. So I think that will be um, quite fun. And the people that they put around him, I'm going to say, are we're, we're gonna get into this realm of we don't know, we don't know what, uh, this whole Whisperer group, to me, is going to be um, dealing with someone we can't – a group of people we can't put our finger on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: and and almost like dealing with a group of Michael Myers, yep. you know? And, and maybe not be able to reason with. So I think that's going to be entirely um, – it's gonna it's it's gonna keep us off balance. That's for sure. So yes, I'm entirely excited. And and what that might do is it might it might as we talk about tone and music, and you put out a rock and roll album, and all of a sudden now you're going to be playing strings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and it's just so different and creepy. And I think. Totally we're, we're gonna we're gonna experience something else, which which might serve some of the other things we've talked about tonight. So I'm excited.
0: Me too, and I think we could we're already right at the ten thirty mark here. I don't think we could have ended it in, a, in a better, more positive way. I'm really looking forward to it. Six days away from now, and I think that's gonna. There's probably gonna be one, maybe possibly the highest attended. I know the ratings have dipped and changed a little bit over time, um, you know, but I think we're going full circle again. I think that could be the ticket. I know with Ryan as well too. Like you were saying too, I think it's gonna bring another female audience in as well too. I mean, everyone's watching. All the women are watching Norman Reedus and all these, you know, all the yeah. other, you know, all the male heartthrob guys. But Ryan obviously brings a lot of the women and uh, followers from Sons of Anarchy and things like that I think it's going to be a great casting and and uh, to go back one last thing when you talked about The Walking Dead doesn't pick anything to any actor that's too out there too big and you know this may sound silly comparing here but I'm sure you're probably a Star Wars fan I'm a Star Wars fan what what male on the planet isn't uh, and females too yeah. but you know I, I found it tough for a while to to accept even actors that I loved like Samuel L. Jackson I love Samuel L. Jackson but Pop, oh, he's in Star Wars, yeah. and I yeah. just think, okay, well, now that just feels so weird. He's a great actor. Love him to death, but it just made it feel weird for Star Wars, and now it kind of dates Star Wars. If you had, um, you know, I don't know, okay, um, uh, Kurt Brosnan or something, I don't need anybody, just stick somebody that's even bigger than that. Just pick somebody, stick them in The Walking and it's almost like, uh, okay, this is totally out of it. It's like Waldo, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah I think so, too. Um, that's why I think they do such a good job of picking just the right person and encapsulates that role. And you, Ryan nurse is the kind of guy you forget that it's that it's Ryan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not going to see Opie at all. You know, That's Jeffrey right. Dean Morgan. You're gonna. You, you're not going to see what you've seen before. Uh, and I think they're very good at, at building that um, in that in that approach. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what Star Wars guy I would say could cross over quite, um, uh, although, uh, Isaac, Oscar Isaac Mm -hmm. is a very good actor. This guy can almost, he could do anything. Uh, he could slide in without us even knowing he was there. Yeah. Um, I, I, he's been that that pilot, you know that uh, that that pilot in the new the new series. Um, shoot, I don't know. There, there's a few of them. There's so many players on The Walking Dead. I'm interested to see what happens to Jesus. I'm so interested to see, uh, you know, where um, Ezekiel and Jerry end mm-hmm. up with Melissa. Uh, obviously, Michonne is, is strong. Uh, you know, there's there's some Lauren, you know, yeah. or, or Maggie. Yep. You know, what's she gonna do over there? How's she, you know what what what's what's gonna happen? We're gonna find out, Eric. That's one thing we know. We're gonna get to find out.
0: I think it's great. And as something as you talked about too with uh, casting directors, I think as we close out, let's say this, if you happen to be attending a um, a party maybe with your friends on the weekend to watch the premiere, you know, where you've got a couple people in your living room, you're at a big event, a formal thing, wherever it is, you know, at the very end of the night, you're going to be clapping and crying and everything else. Uh, Well, not necessarily crying right away, um, but clapping. Remember to have a few applause and some rounds for the casting directors, as you say, because those are those unsung heroes that we don't really get to appreciate. And without them, it would be a completely different uh, world of cinema for sure, and TV. Uh,
1: they keep they keep us surprised and delighted with their their opportunities of their selects. I like to say exactly. Dude, this has been great. I hope this was a, a perfect uh, inaugural run for your your show, uh, Rocking Dead on Rocking Dead Television. It was, fan-
0: it was fantastic. It was fantastic. I couldn't have asked for better. I mean, as, you you totally nailed it. Um, And like I say, I wouldn't want anyone else to kick this off with me. And I appreciate you so very much with your very valuable time. I know we tried to sketch out a window to find to get this to work. And um, do me a favor, come uh, next Sunday night after the show's over, send me an email with your thoughts and we'll trade some thoughts back and forth. But it was a real pleasure and I wish you the uh, best of success on all your future endeavors. Down below as well, everyone, there's three or four links. We've shared them in the chat here as well throughout the evening with Nocturnal Butterfly. Go check out what Lou has to do. And Lou, be safe out there. Have fun. And let's look forward to season premiere in six days from tonight.
1: Well done. Keep rocking, Eric. Keep keep banging it, man. You're doing good.
0: Thank you so much, my friend. That means uh, the world to me. And don't go away. I'll say goodbye to you off the air. Everyone, thank you so much. Please uh, give me a thumbs up if you enjoyed this video. Share it. Subscribe if you're new here. And I promise to work just as hard to keep you as a subscriber as I did to get you. We will see you very soon. Join the Walking Dead family. Talk to you next time. Cheers. Hey, EVH TV and Eddie Van Halen fans. If you are like me, you find the time to read books difficult. Why not have it read to you? Grab one of three critically acclaimed Van Halen audiobooks, like Van Halen Rising by Greg Renoff, Running with the Devil by Noel Monk, or Everybody Wants Some by Ian Christie, available right now from Audible. Sign up for a free trial with zero obligation to get any one of these three audiobooks today. You can cancel if you wish after your trial membership expires and keep the book there are many other great titles to choose from as well. Links in the description below, but just remember audibletrial.com slash TV. Click the link below and go grab your first free audiobook. Thank you for listening to this edition of EVH and Gear TV.
1: This episode is being brought to you in part by vanhalenstore.com. Shop VanHalenStore.com for the largest selection of official Van Halen merchandise and memorabilia. Be sure to check out our website at EVHGearDiscussion.com for more updates and follow us on social media.